0: You know what that sound means? It's another episode of Game for a Movie where we ask, are you game for a movie? It is a bad movie episode. I am Mike, your host. I am joined by no one. That's okay. But we have a bad movie just in time for the holidays for you. This is actually only the third bad Christmas movie that we've actually done on this podcast. But of course, first we have to jump into the important stuff like what are we drinking? Uh, Today from Legion Brewing, I've got their gold medal winner. It is called Hop Chiller, and it is a cold IPA. Uh, Of course, you don't want to drink these warm, so I'm going to have my first sip now while it is ice cold. That's actually pretty solid. I do like that a lot. Uh, So that is Hop Chiller from Legion Brewing, one of my favorites here in North Carolina since we moved here. I recommend it for you. I hope you are all having a wonderful holiday season. Obviously, this is a bad Christmas movie that is coming up that we're going to talk about in a little bit. But as I'm recording this, it is the seventh night of Hanukkah. And when I release it, it will be the eighth night of Hanukkah. I hope you are having a wonderful Hanukkah if you celebrate. And if you, have, uh, if you celebrate Christmas, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas as well. Let's get talking about this bad movie. So the bad movie I've got for you this time is a little bit of a weird one. Uh, this is one that came out in 2012, December 4th, 2012. It's called Elf Man. And basically there's one actor that you're going to know, but you're not going to know their name if I read their actual name, which is Jason Acuna. That is Wee Man from Jackass fame, if you've heard of that at least. And he plays the titular Elf Man. I'm going to give you the IMDb synopsis before i give you a breakdown of what happens in this movie an elf is left behind by santa to help rescue the harper family from a lousy christmas the elf and the family get more than they bargained for as the kids help the elf discover his special powers and true identity as a budding superhero That's a real paint-by-numbers analysis of this movie. And I love that it says Lousy Christmas, and that's just what you think it's going to be, is a lousy Christmas. Trust me, we go way further than just Lousy Christmas. Also in this movie are Morelli Taylor, Jeffrey Combs, and Mackenzie Astin. And yes, if you've heard that name before, uh, Mackenzie Astin is the half-sibling of Sean Astin. Uh, You may remember him from a certain... Movies about a hobbit or, you know, Rudy, those kind of movies, and even Stranger Things or 50 First Dates. That guy. Mackenzie Astin plays the dad, Eric. Jeffrey Combs plays the leader of the kidnappers. Yes, there's kidnappers. Uh, His name is Mickey. Amy is the name of Morelli Taylor's character. She's the love interest. And then, of course, we've got Casey, Ryan, and Grandma, uh, none of which you'd recognize But those are the main characters in this thing. We've also got two other kidnappers, Jean-Pierre and Big Bucket. I wish I was making that last name up. So my first note on this movie, and this is the first note, so you can already tell what kind of movie this is going to be. I said, can already tell this is going to be bad. Thank God this is only one and a half hours long. And I mean, a movie where Wee-Man is the main actor, you can't be surprised that this is going to be bad eric the dad he created a chip that basically makes renewable energy and so it can power up a whole house by itself and he calls his investor to try to get him on the phone to basically take the chip and put it under lock and key Uh, the investor's name is Stu. he's not really a big deal in this thing you see him one phone call and then he's gone Uh, But he was just kind of, it's Christmas Eve. We're not going to deal with it until after Christmas. I'm not going to come get it. Just hold on to it. Put it in a safe spot. So Eric's doing all of this stuff. And basically, he's forgotten about a lot of things that he usually does with his kids for the Christmas season. There's no mom in the picture. We really don't know what happened. But you just know there's no mom. Until when they're putting stuff on the tree, the daughter has this terrible line read of, I miss mommy like out of nowhere. Oh, look at this tree. It's so great. I miss mommy. What? Where'd that come from? Kid, what are you you doing? It isn't really their fault. The dialogue is not great, but there's some of these lines that's just like the kids say stuff at the same time and it's like, goody, goody, and that kind of stuff where it's just somebody who doesn't know how kids talk just wrote kids' dialogue. All of this decorating they're doing is juxtaposed with grandma driving to their house. And it's like long scenes of grandma just driving ridiculously slow. And it's over the river and through the hills kind of driving. When she finally gets there, Eric says, okay, great. You're going to watch the kids. I got to get the ham because I totally forgot to pick it up from the butchers. The kids help grandma load all of her stuff into the house. And she basically says, I've got a present for you. And it is a fruitcake. But this famous fruitcake, for whatever reason, for like 20 seconds, has this demon face that opens up and just kind of... And then it disappears and it's a normal fruitcake again. There's no, no reason for it. It's just a joke on the fact that, hey, Grandma's terrible at cooking. We're led to believe that Eric only has to get ham. But we see him in the next scene and it's shifted to nighttime. It's not even day anymore. It's shifted to nighttime. And he has like packages of stuff but we only thought he was going to get the ham from the butcher. At the butcher, Eric runs into Amy, who's like the assistant butcher there, and basically they just have this weird flirtation. Like, you can tell there's something going on between them, but they're just absolutely awful at flirting. It's just uncomfortable kinds of, yeah, so what are you doing for the holidays? Uh Uh-huh, yeah, great. But basically, Eric fights fights up the nerve and asks Amy if she wants to come over and do Christmas with them or Christmas Eve at least with them and originally she's just no we're open late I can't do anything and Eric's kind of well you can come over whenever you know it's okay the deli owner's just like oh Amy you can go it's fine I know you're you're kind of in love with this guy why don't you just go and she's like oh no I I couldn't yeah you're watching the shop and he goes I'm Jewish it's fine one of the few good jokes about this, I'm not going to lie. Eric leaves the butcher after he's got his stuff, and basically Amy follows right behind him. So we think we're going to see her pretty close to when Eric gets home. Then it flashes back to the house, and Grandma is talking with Casey. Casey's the young girl, and basically she's missing her mom. And we get some backstory about this is always sad for everyone because the mom died around this time and everything. And the grandma gives this world class advice. She isn't ever coming back, so (laughs) Casey basically drops it because you know she was just told that her mother's never coming back and doesn't love her pretty much. And grandma gives this little elf toy to Casey and basically says, "If you have a Christmas wish, you wish on this elf and." it'll come true. They'll They'll work hard to make it come true. And it only works on Christmas and everything like that. And so Casey cuddles the elf and wishes for her family to be together and happy again. So remember that original thing? It was like, yeah, okay, save us from a lousy Christmas. Cool. I would believe that if that's how they went down this road after this. But that's not how it goes. We see terrible CGI of a sleigh and reindeer going onto the roof of the house. And Santa's there with the Elf Navigator, uh, who doesn't have a name, it's just Elf Navigator, and Wee Man. Wee Man is just named Elf. He's either known as Elf or Elf Man in this entire movie. So Elf is in the back, and he's disgruntled because he finally gets sleigh duty, which is great, everybody wants sleigh duty, but his job is just scooping up reindeer poop so that there's no sign that Santa was there. He's in the back of the sleigh and he just knows, he's looking up at the sky and he just knows that there's something more for him out there. Meanwhile, we go back to town and we see Eric and he's getting into his car and everything's great. And then all of a sudden, he doesn't make it into the car before these three guys grab him and throw him in the back of a van. And not just any van, a flower van. This is going to be a real lousy Christmas if the dad gets murdered. Obviously, they want the chip. They want him to tell them where it is. But he's not going to tell them. So Eric's kidnapped in this van. Wee Man slash Elf is on the roof. Uh, Santa's in the house. Santa hears Casey crying on the Elf doll. And kind of hears what she had wished for because she wished it on the Elf. So Santa knows exactly what to do. As he goes up on the roof, he leaves Elf behind accidentally at first, you'd think. But Santa always has a plan. One of the things we don't know at this point, but Elf definitely does, is that this happens sometimes. He needs to figure out the wish, resolve it, all before Santa gets back by the break of dawn. In a moment that's supposed to be funny, Elf falls off the roof and is starting to walk around the house and trying to figure out how to get in there and figure out what the wish is. At the same time, the van drives by with the kidnappers and Eric, and Eric sees the shadow and just like yeah this is my security you have no chance to get in there and then they see elf walking around and see his size and the stature and everything and they're all we're gonna be fine except for the main guy who thinks he's a troll and when he says that they all look up at the same time and go patrol troll and a thing of beauty that actually is one of my other favorite parts of this movie. There's three parts that probably are my favorite parts of this movie. Um, there's the Jewish deli owner who's just like, I'm Jewish, what do I care? There's patrol troll, and then there's something else coming at the end. The main kidnapper has apparently dealt with trolls before and thinks that the one troll is going to stop them from breaking in and stealing the chip. That's enough for the kidnappers to feel like they have to regroup and figure out their next plan. So where do they go? They go to the abandoned barn that's pretty much right across the street from the house. Elf is trying to find a way inside the house, and he doesn't want to wake anybody. I don't know why, because again, we didn't know it at this point, but now knowing it doesn't make sense that he doesn't want to know what the wish is, because if he doesn't do it, then Santa doesn't pick him up again until he solves the wish, pretty much. Or at least that's what they made it seem like. So he's trying to sneak into the house and he is able to create like this doggy door in the window that he can sneak through. It literally is. He uses magic to make this door that really is like a doggy door. It can only push inside the house and it can only fit his elfness or maybe a kid his size. When he's inside the house, he's exploring the house and he sees cookies. That grandma has made that they are completely burnt. The whole joke the entire time is that grandma's a terrible cook, and there's plenty of times where that comes into play. But he's able to turn these cookies, he's able to unburn them so that they're normal cookies, and he just starts chowing down. This is the part where I had a problem. So, like, they said during the synopsis that they're supposed to help him find his powers but he already kind of knows how to make a doggy door. And he also knows how to unburn cookies. Are we just supposed to like believe that he doesn't know about his other powers? Does he just forget about his other powers? Does he just think these are the only two things he can do? Now we go back to the kidnappers and we kind of learn a little more about them. Mickey is the leader of this group. He's also the one that is most, I'll say cautious I don't really mean cautious, but he's the most superstitious. He's the one that saw the troll and was kind of like, trolls are bad luck. We can't fight a troll. The other two, one of them's name is JP or Jean-Pierre. He has a terrible French accent the entire time. Like, omelette du fromage. Oh my God, sacre bleu. And the final one is definitely the muscle, but also like the smartest one of them. His name is Big Bucket. I don't know why he's called Big Bucket. I really wish he had a better name. (laughs) Mickey tells Big Bucket that he needs to figure out how to turn off all the cell phones, signals, and all the lights on the street, as well as he needs to go to the store to get troll off, which is really what it sounds like. It's like the bug spray off, but for trolls. It also becomes pretty apparent at this point that Mickey doesn't trust JP, so he leaves all this up to Big Bucket because he really just trusts Big Bucket. So Big Bucket goes off to do all the chores that he was assigned. So the kids, Ryan and Casey, they hear something downstairs and they go downstairs. Ryan's trying to be a tough guy, but Casey recognizes that it's the elf she kind of wished for that's supposed to make her wish come true. Elf doesn't want any part of it. He doesn't want to help out or anything like that. But Casey basically gets him to admit that if he doesn't, Santa's not going to take him back to the North Pole. He kind of agrees to vague... I hope we're, uh, I want my family together and I hope we're happy. Um, at this point, they kind of don't know that the dad's been kidnapped. They just assume he's taking his time in town and just hasn't gotten back yet. And that's when the doorbell rings. After like four hours, it seems like, of in movie time, Amy has finally gotten there and they need to hide the elf as well as they pretend that. Eric, the dad, is there for some reason. And I still don't know why they did that, but they pretend he's there. So they have the elf go into the shower and start singing and turning on elect like shavers and blow dryers and stuff like that just to give the appearance that he's there. I don't know why they're pretending that he is home. They could just say that he hasn't been home yet. And even grandma's in on the joke. And knows that the elf is there. And so it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, yeah, okay, hide the elf. For sure, hide the elf. Because nobody's going to believe that you have a freaking elf. But why are you pretending the dad is there if he hasn't gotten back yet? Now that the elf's in hiding, Amy's at the house, and the kidnappers have Eric. It seems like a good time to give a shout-out to our winner that guessed the bad movie first. That is, your next favorite movie podcast Uh, At YNF movie pod on Twitter slash X slash whatever the fuck we're calling it. He's taking a little break right now. He hasn't done an episode in a little while, but the premise of the show was Josh G interviews people about some of their favorite movies. Um, One of the first people that followed us on the bird app or whatever the fuck it's called now, even though he hasn't put out an episode in a while, he's still talking movies. Honestly, it's great content. You see his letterboxed every now and then, as well as some of the movies he's seen. Even though he hasn't released an episode in a little while, you still get some of his letterbox. He's always watching movies. You can see some of his opinions on movies, as well as some of his favorite things. Uh, highly recommend checking out Josh G's page. Your next favorite movie podcast at YNF YNFMoviePod on Twitter slash X slash whatever the fuck we're calling it. I'm going to say that as long as it's Twitter or X or whatever. He was the first one to get so he gets a special shout-out on the show. We have played his promo before on the show, but he just wanted to shout-out on this one just because he hasn't released an episode in a little while. I hope he gets back to it, and if he doesn't, that's okay. That's his choice. All right, so now we're back. So Amy's in the house. The elf is in the house pretending to be Eric, and Eric is at the barn across the street with the kidnappers. Grandma is trying to appease... Amy by keep giving her food. That's just absolutely God awful and including eggnog that has like turkey eggs in it. That's kind of the joke. Um, I just include a note saying that this gross food is just a dumb joke and just shouldn't be a part of this. Big Bucket is returning from the store, but his light is out and a police officer pulls him over and basically was just, Hey, Hey, what are you doing here and kind of ribbing him a little bit and says at the end, you know, I'm just fucking with the big man. Like it's okay. It's all good. And everything like that. Uh, what are you doing out here? And big buckets just like, well, I'll be honest. I'm out on parole. I'm hanging out with, uh, I'm hanging out with other criminals. We've kidnapped this guy for this microchip that he has. And we're just trying to get that microchip and sell it for millions of dollars by the end of the week. And the cops just kind of, oh, that's funny. You're messing me. You got me back. The only reason I include this exchange is because I need you all to know what the character's name is for the officer. It is Officer Schlub. They didn't want to call him anything else except for Officer Schlub. So, yeah, there you go. I know this information now. You need to know this information too. Uh, Big Bucket's still my favorite of the three criminals, and he's definitely the smartest and strongest of the three as well. That's it at this point. He's headed back to the barn, but JP has an idea. He basically is pretending to be an electrician and needs to get into the lab to fix the wiring because it's about to overheat, and he, he knew that out of nowhere. Grandma doesn't really believe the phony baloney story, but at the same time lets him in to go take a look upstairs. This is also the part I've noticed that Grandma's lines start getting, I think, a little more drunker or she forgot to put her teeth in because it's starting to become a little more <laughs> that kind of stuff. It's it's definitely old lady, like forgetting her teeth kind of lines now. JP in disguise goes up to the office or the lab where the microchip is supposed to be. But Elf kind of hears him and is wondering what's happening. So he kind of follows him up there. And when he sees him start looking around, he kind of starts fighting him, thinking, hey, you're not supposed to be up here. Grabs him. And in the commotion, they fall out a window and they fall down to the ground. Uh, this house is like five stories tall. I'm pretty sure either of them would have been dead. It knocks out Elf and JP is able to run away and get into the van. This van is very noticeable because, again, it says, like, flowers on it. It's, it's a very noticeable van. So Elf is able to wake up from being knocked out from falling five stories and is able to catch the van that JP is in and see it drive to the barn across the street. So now he knows, hey, this is probably where Eric is. So he goes and tells the family, and Amy sees Elf for the first time, and is just kind of, uh, that's a, that's a fucking Elf what the fuck is it doing here <laughs> they explain the whole situation she's still a little crazy about it but doesn't believe it but they know he's going to be the one that has to save eric so they go to the barn and Elfman slash elf kind of sneaks in and is trying to untie eric before the kidnappers see him he's almost there when He's almost there getting Eric untied when Mickey comes in and sees him and holds up this brand new, cr- uh, new can of Troll-Off. Once again, some of these jokes, man, they were desperate. So Elf, not willing to be sprayed with this Troll-Off, runs away and goes into this further part of the barn and everything he grabs turns into a toy for some reason. So all of it's like magically turning into a toy and he's just kind of like, well, shit, okay, I gotta gotta get away from this. So he gets outside the barn and waves his fingers and makes the hill to the house just covered in snow like a snowboarding hill. And then he's able to turn a two-by-four into a snowboard and snowboard away from them. And this was actually, I think, a smart decision. It's not filmed well at all. But... Wee Man's background is skateboarding, snowboarding, that kind of stuff. Why not give him a snowboarding scene? If this was done right, this could actually have been a pretty cool scene. But, of course, they fucked it up. Too many cuts, so you don't see actual any snowboarding. It's just kind of his head, then the snowboard, and then it's the bad guys realizing that it's all snow. And they're not able to catch up with him, and he gets to the house. So now the family is fully aware that Eric has been kidnapped that they're trying to steal the chip and that Elfman doesn't think he can do anything so he doesn't want to help anymore and of course it pisses off casey but he's just like i'm just gonna wait for santa on the roof and i'm not going to help anymore you know what it's time for a montage that's what we need a montage basically They come up with the idea that Elfman needs his own costume to make him believe in himself. So they need to put together this costume. And so it's a montage of them trying different looks, trying different materials to make Elfman this costume. They haven't measured him or anything, but it's just perfect by the end because, you know, movie. So Amy gets on and off the roof. It's very awkward both times when she gets on and off the roof, but it's in the middle. There's this big passionate speech of we need you. We need you to help and everything like that. And I think the scenes of her trying to get on and off the roof, she backs up to get on the roof and backs up to get off the roof. I really think it's to show off her butt in those yoga pants, which I don't think I would have been aware of if they didn't make it blatantly obvious. That's the thing about the whole thing. It was very obvious that they wanted her to lead with her butt. So that's, that's the reason I think they did this, but she gives this whole passionate speech and basically gets Elfman to believe in himself and then gives him the costume and he's kind of looking at it and it's like, it's cheap, it's homemade and everything like that. It's not what you see on the cover quite yet while the burglars are watching the house and trying to figure out a plan. Eric has been cutting away at his ropes and he's able to get away and get back to the house. So he's safe now. And you're probably thinking, well, how did he get away? How how did he have all that time? Well, he just had to cut the ropes and get across the street because the kidnappers decided they were just going to hang out across the fucking street from the house they're trying to break into and rob. The robbers now realizing that they don't have Eric anymore and the family is kind of preparing this defense for when they come. They, robbers get into the van and pull into the driveway Grandma's looking out the window, and she looks at the van pulling in and goes, Sundays a coming. I don't know why. And I said this movie really wants to be Home Alone meets superhero movie. Like, so badly, this is what it wants to be. You can tell that this is what it's looking up to, but it just never gets to that good point for either of them. It's a terrible Home Alone ripoff. It's an awful superhero ripoff. It just never hits that. So before they leave the van, Elfman, now making some magic to make his costume a little better, and this is the one you see in the pictures and everything like that, he stands in front of the front door. To his left on the porch, sitting on the swing, is JP. To the right on the porch is Big Bucket, and down the middle of the steps is Mickey. Kind of does that Western theme, you know, like the... Wah, 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 that kind of thing. And this is the third joke that I actually kind of liked. Usually when there's a Western like this, the tumbleweed rolls across and everything like that. They made it a wreath. I actually thought that was very funny. Well done movie on that one. Elfman is ready to save the day and Mickey comes closer to him. And basically he's able to fight off Mickey for a little bit. He's able to fight off JP and finally Big Bucket. But Mickey gets back to him. And pulls out the secret weapon. It's mistletoe. I didn't know that mistletoe is apparently harmful to elves. Because he's able to use it like a lightning bolt. And shock Elfman and like hold him down. And it's terrible CGI. But <coughs> it is a thing that happens. I guess I don't understand why mistletoe is the thing that can hurt an elf so badly. Mickey is able to use the mistletoe to push uh, push Elfman through the front door where the family's waiting with like weapons and stuff. And by weapons, I mean like Amy has a rolling pin kind of thing. And they see that the mistletoe is hurting Elfman. And Casey knows that the only way to combat the mistletoe hurting Elfman is to kiss under it. So basically... Forces Eric and Amy to like give this makeout session because it turns the negative energy, it reverses it into positive energy that doesn't help Elfman, but it doesn't hurt him as much anymore. So they just do like this full makeout, and this is all after Eric gave the chip to Mickey because he didn't want Elfman to get killed. So, the kidnappers are happy. They hop in their van and instead of driving away, you know, they go to the abandoned barn because that's where they're holed up at instead of, you know, escaping, whatever. Elfman is slowly reviving from the result of the negative energy of the mistletoe. Eric and Amy are just like, yay, they love each other. Grandma's happy. Casey is happy. Ryan, he didn't really like Amy, but now he's kind of happy. So, it's all fine. And then Elfman swears that he's going to get the chip back and so he flies out the door and basically flies away like flies through the town and everything like that and you're just like cool so he's just gonna stop him and everything like that and then he flies back to the barn where they're hanging out and they can see from the house he flew so far away that they definitely could not see him there's no way in hell they could see him and then he must have flown back because now they're watching as if he's across the street at the barn they no longer have mistletoe. They're one thing that was working against Elfman. Elfman's able to kick all of their asses pretty much. He kicks Mickey and grabs the chip and swallows it, which I don't understand why, but he swallowed it and then the whole family's there and they're able to help him and give him support by like throwing fruit kicks at Big Bucket or all this Christmassy weaponry and stuff like that. And so they're able to like distract him so he can take them one-on-one so Elfman's not overpowered and they make sure there's no mistletoe or anything like that. And then finally, the last thing that happens is the three of them are about to get away because they, they're able to escape and run away. Even though they don't have the chip, they can at least get away and not get arrested. Well, Grandma brings her old demon face fruitcake and throws it And Elfman basically just enlarges the demon face fruitcake and it falls on them and crushes them. So they're held in position until Officer Schlub can get there and arrest them all and kind of saves the day. So Elfman's done it. He stopped the bad guys. He has the chip, even though he swallowed the chip. And one of the things I forgot to mention is he can like burp bubbles. So he burps a bubble... That has the chip, pops it, and gives it back to Eric and the family. They're all congratulating him, save the day, everything like that. You know, they're all happy. And Elfman kind of realizes he his job is done. The family's happy. They're together again. Amy and Eric are together. So Casey's happy. But Casey's also not happy because she feels abandoned because Elfman's going to leave. Well, Elfman just kind of says, like, I'm always here with you. I built this elf toy, so it will always be with you. If you ever have a wish, make it on there, and I'll be here. But I've got to help other boys and girls who have wishes, too. Elfman needs to save the day. And so Santa picks him up, and Elfman's on his way to help other boys and girls across the world. And Elfman, too, could come any day now. And by any day, please, dear God, not anytime soon. So, yeah, that's Elfman. That is the third Christmas, bad Christmas movie that we decided to watch for this podcast. I'm going to say, if I'm saying that Wee Man is the best part of your cast, that's probably a bad sign, right? I'm not saying like Wee Man for like a, a uh, jackass movie. I'm saying Wee Man in this role is the best of this movie. That's not a good sign. That just isn't. Because Wee Man's not necessarily an actor. There's some absolutely terrible lines in here. There's plenty of times where I'm just sitting there going, Did he really just fucking say that? Did they just really say that? Oh, my God. Patrol Troll was the one exception. It's a terrible line, but it's funny. And the, uh, I'm Jewish, get out of here. Those are all pretty decent lines. But the rest of this stuff, not very great. And this is coming from the guy. So the one of the writers of this movie... Is also he's also the director, but his name is Ethan Wiley. Ethan Wiley is responsible for giving us House and House Two, the second story. Those are fine enough movies, like they, they're indie gems, but they're fine enough movies. Those are the first two movies he wrote, and then Children of the Corn Five Fields of Terror. After that, pretty much all straight to video stuff, although Children of the Corn Five might have been too. But I know for certain the rest of it definitely was. This was as well. Probably one of the reasons why it was so hard for people to guess and everything like that. Just to give you more on the topic about Ethan Wiley. He's a director and he doesn't have a picture on his IMDb page. That says a lot about what you need to know about this guy. The other guy who was responsible for writing it is Richard Jeffries who This was the last movie he wrote. This was in 2012. And it's not like the stuff he wrote before this was real gems either. But this is the last thing he wrote so far. That's a long gap. It's been 11 years since you've written anything. This movie was a 24% 24 audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. It is 3.4 out of 10 on IMDb. You know, it just... Everything about it was cheap. Everything about it was cheesy. And it's not a good film. It just is not all the way around. I I would love to say something good about it, but really, I can't even find one good thing to say about it besides the three gags that I laughed at. And I'm not saying I liked, I laughed at. As far as where this is concerned on the list... I've got this one as my fourth worst movie I've watched for this podcast. Pretty confident that's all you need to know about this fourth worst film I've seen for this podcast. So yeah, I would love to say more about Elfman, but I really have nothing good to say about it. And my mom raised me that if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. So I'm just going to stop talking bad about this movie because it just was awful. (laughs) uh Elfman, yeah nice try we man nice try i i i see your goal here you wanted to break into movies and especially something like this family friendly fair it could have done well for you i get it it didn't work uh back to the drawing board or jackass movies yeah so that's Elfman. that's the first of two christmas movies we are watching this month There's another one coming out in a couple weeks. We also have a movie banter episode that should be coming out next week. Um, There's tons of good stuff that I've seen for this that uh, Jill and Andre have seen for this. We're getting the whole crew back together. It will be really good. I have a lot to choose from of movies that I've seen recently. And I don't know what we're going to talk about. I'm actually looking forward to it. But yeah, so that was Elfman the latest bad movie on this bad movie podcast game for a movie where we ask are you game for a movie? I've been Mike, your host for this episode. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. I'm glad you uh, once again decided to listen to my lovely voice, my charming voice. Tell me some bad movies that you think we should cover on the podcast. Next, always looking for the next worst thing. And we'll see you next time on game for a movie. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah to all that celebrate. See you next time.